guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 31. I'm Jack. May I stay? No, Chris. No, Chris. No, Chris. Miss her already. She's, she's got a better offer, hasn't she? She's in Cornwall this week. Um, she said it's a great yeah. earlier. It's like oh, it's amazing where she is, but she's not got a better view than you have right now, ASD. So no, I'm looking out the window. I can see some houses. <laughs> <laughs> um, important stuff. Let's talk about football. Um, what a game! What a performance at but, Anfield at the weekend. Like I, I spoke to someone on uh, Friday, and they were like, "Oh, what do you think is going to happen?" I went, "This is it's very predictable. We'll be good against the big teams." Uh, and who knows? Like, if I reckon if we played that game, we could possibly win it. You know, I, people are saying, "Oh, I lift blood and off day." This is it's such an ignorant way of thinking. Like, we we stopped them, and Klopp was so angry at the way, uh, you know, that we he hated the way we play football. But the Conte came out and said, you know, that there's not a way to play football. There's not a right way. We we had our game plan. We're going away to one of the best teams in the world, the most well-funded teams in the world. And we we were disappointed to come away with a draw. What more do you want? Yeah, and I, I also think as well, like you look at a game like that, the way Liverpool play, it does give us opportunities in areas of the pitch where we are so good. And it's like I don't want to say that we want to be playing Liverpool every week, but we don't. But that style of football where their fullbacks bomb on and they give you yeah. a bit of space in behind. Like it, it does play to our strengths of Son and Kulusevski and Kane being able to drop in and, you know, make things happen. Um, it was just a really, really good performance. Um, and every single player had a really, really good game. I thought Benton Core maybe was the only one that was slightly off of it. Can, um, we, um, can we go player by player? Because there's a lot to say about each player, I think. Yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, let's start off with the goalkeeper then with Hugo. Um, he didn't have... It, it's funny because when you go to these big away games... I always think to get anything out of the game, your keeper's got to have a worldie. He's going to have to make four or five saves that are unbelievable. And he did have some saves to make, but relatively, like, okay day at the office for him. He's still, what he was asked to do, he did well. No mistakes. Yeah. Distribution out from the back was good. Like, it was just a good a good performance from him. And everything that he was required to do, he, he did really efficiently. That's it. He, he, he didn't have to do anything. There was nothing you could do about that goal at all. And there was nothing he, there was no things where you'd be like, Louis saved us two points there or whatever, or yeah. a point, a great game. But the back three, Romero, Dyer and Davis, unbelievable game, I thought. Romero, again, that tackle on Henderson, like, I want that projected in my brain so I see it when yeah. I sleep, like, went through him. I loved so, it. So, so good. And you know what, what it is as well with, with Davis and Romero, they were both so aggressive. And I don't just mean like Romero going through people. I mean, like they stepped into midfield and they didn't give that Liverpool front three the chance to to stand them up and go at them. Like they were so aggressive, so tight. There were times in the first half where Davis was like making tackles near enough on the halfway line. And you're like, that's an aggressive back three. Um, so I thought they did really well. And, you know, Dyer just marshals them so well. And he's just always pulling people into the right position. There was one point in the second half where he got Dyer got him got himself exposed one v one with I think Diaz, and I was thinking, oh no, here we go. But he managed to deal with it. But the three of them were all fantastic, and Davis especially. Like he's that that kind of opposition. I do worry about Davis a lot of the time because sure. like you're going to have to defend one v one, and he's not the most mobile in the world. But fantastic, the amount of headers as well that Romero won. 
just you know where we were almost inviting them to go wide put it in the box and it was like centre backs deal with it and Romero must have made seven or eight headers across the well, game where it was let phenomenal. me tell you 100% of his tackles won 76 76 76 percent pass accuracy that's how good he was 75% aerial duels nine ball recoveries eight clearances one block Rolls-Royce player Rolls-Royce but I think how Salah's done nothing against us this season and that that you have to give massive credit to Sessegnon for that because he's played against him twice done nothing I mean he was brilliant Sessegnon He, he really was I do think Sessegnon's style suits the counter-attack mm. i really do i think that he's found it more challenging in games when teams have sat in and we've had a bit more of the ball and it's like you've got to try and thread those passes and be a bit smarter with the ball where sessignon is brilliant is space in behind space he, in behind he, he is such a fantastic athlete I mean, he's a brilliant footballer but the ground he was covering and the recovery runs um, and we used to talk all the time about um, Serge Aurier and Trippier on, on the other side of the pitch, but their problem was they could never get back. They'd yeah. make that forward run, we'd lose it, and they couldn't get back. But Sessignon, the ground that he covered defensively and attacking, he was brilliant. And to top it all off, the, the assist was fantastic for the goal. You know, yeah. like, I think a lot of players, Kane, Kane slides him in, doesn't he? And it's like, you're in the penalty area at Anfield at nil-nil. I think a lot of players would have just thrashed it and gone for goal, but he got his head up, composed. There you go, son, tap it in. He was really, really good, Sessignon. Um, and he dealt with Salah incredibly. Like, 1v1, he completely matched him. Um, he was unfortunate to be substituted. It was, I think it was purely because he was on a booking. And uh, yeah. it was just like, you needed to have that cynical tackle in you with 10 minutes to go. And then we go back to a back four then as well with Sessegnon because he got it was Sanchez who came on wasn't it so yeah. so so Davis moves over tighten it up Emerson Royale back as well just just don't just don't lose that that lead but um I th- his timing of his runs as well is really good really for good. such a young player I thought that was really good I was and, a little bit nervous as well just when when they did the team and I was looking at Alexander Arnold and Salah against Sessegnon and Davis I was looking at thinking that's going to be a tough afternoon for or a tough evening for us that and you think that's where they're going to get their joy but actually like both of them like Trent Alexander-Arnold was pretty pretty quiet in the game as well I don't know if I mean he just wasn't on his game at all like his crossing, his all, all-round play was just nowhere near the level. But you do have to credit Sessegnon massively. Like, it can't be easy for him as well because he's been very in and out all season. And then to just be like chucked in at Liverpool and be like, off you go, go and play against arguably the best player in the world in this position. It's like, yeah, fair yeah. play to him. But do you remember when player? we went uh, away to Barcelona needing a result and they stuck Walker-Peters in? And uh, was it Dembele just tore him a new one and yeah. scored for that goal? Feels a little bit like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, nothing but applause for the young man. And then on the other side, I mean, the man of the match, who has been having a bit of a stinker recently, but Emerson Royale. I mean, Can again... I just say, the fact that he posts his own compilations on Twitter after really? games is incredible. It's so funny. Um, but it was really, really good. Yeah, you have to say, look, of all these players that we've been critical of some of them all season, when they have a good game, you have to say fair play to you. And, and Emerson defensively was was really good. I mean, I don't think he went over the halfway line more than two or three times the whole game. But obviously that wasn't that wasn't the game plan for him. But he defended very, very well and, and sensibly. And it what reminds me, makes me think is you go, you know, we players get hammered 
often and you, it makes you think like what are they being asked to do we and i only wish we could have that information because he had a game plan i think the best thing to come out of this before we go into midfield and the forwards was Conte is the man for us. He's shown that he can do it with the players he's got. Imagine what he could do with the players he wants. Emerson Royale, getting criticised fairly heavily, comes in, world-class game, you know, won all of his tackles, all did all of his dribbles, you know, loads of clearances, loads of ball recoveries, all of that. And it, because he was given the right job and it, it suits him. Imagine, and that, that was a bit what Poch did. He found the right role for players and we're beginning to see that more and more. And it, maybe that's why... Um, not seeing Rodon because Rodon's best position is probably where Davis and well it definitely is where Davis or Romero play and he's not better than them and we're just we're just seeing it all starting to play so I think of Emerson as well I think you might have said this a few weeks ago that he was definitely brought in as a right back yes under Nuno and it's like he's not a wing back he's not he's no good going forward he's not great defensively but it just seemed like a game like Liverpool Conte's just simplified what he needed to do. He's just saying, just defend. Defend, win the ball back, pass it forward. Don't worry about anything else. And I think he's another one of them players. Like That type of game probably suits him, where there's going to be a bit more defending. You're going to get the opportunity with spacing behind. And um, it was just a really good performance. And again, another player that it must be tough for him at the minute because it's like, I know they all say they don't read the papers, they don't do social media, but you can't block that kind of noise out. And it's like everyone, including us, has been very critical of him this season because he's not been great. So to actually be able to even put in a performance like that, the mental toughness of him, again, you have to say fair play to him. Yeah, sure. I mean, you've got man of the match deservedly away in Anfield. When they needed points, when they played on Tuesday, not Wednesday, they didn't go to extra time. They batted the other team. Like that, I I don't get this. They were tired. This they meant. It's, they were fine. They were fine. Like look at what City had to go just, through. Sometimes just hold your hands up in a game and just be like, we were good value for I thought at least a draw. And at it's least. like you just sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, cool. You have those games. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like when we played Brighton a few weeks ago. They beat us, and you hold your hands up and say they probably That's deserve it. to win that. Like. You know, you can be sour about it, but it's like we were we were as good as Liverpool were on, on Saturday Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Then we get into Bentecker and Hoiberg. We thought we said Hoiberg, two chances to to get the ball in to win it or to win it. Like, he's just the wrong per, per person there. Like, you just yeah. want anyone else there, don't you? He played so well. Like, I can't tell you. Like, he was phenomenal because we, maybe we'll talk about them as a pair. I didn't think Bentoncourt was was at it really I thought they did a really good job at pouncing on him they clearly seen you know like when we play it's because Bentoncourt gets it and he likes to have a touch get his head up you know that that's the style of footballer he is and they were on him which meant we couldn't play but Hoybjerg my word what a performance that was um the way he broke play up the way he passed forward some of his supporting runs that he was making as well were fantastic where both Kane and Kulusevski would come deep Hoiberg was going in behind yeah. and that was just you know that the energy and the fitness levels firstly from him were, were fantastic he was so unlucky not to get that goal in the first half from about 25 yards couldn't have hit any better really no. as soon as he hit it I was up I thought he was it's in um and on another day that does clip the post and go in rather than go the other side but I thought he had an incredible game like you forget that Liverpool ha- Liverpool had to change formation in the second half they took off Jordan Henderson who is one of the best at what he does and I think Hoiberg that was because of him. I thought that they really struggled to get their tempo because Hoiberg was just on them. Um, the chance at the death, I mean, he would yeah. be 
you'd probably rather that fall to anybody else, wouldn't you, than him? Else. Um, I was just, I couldn't believe it. It's like, it's what, the header? You yeah, the, the header. header. Yeah. The header. He's just it's trying just, to be too clever, isn't he, with it? it well, he, like, it just felt like it, it was always easier n- not to give it to Kane at that point. Yeah. But I didn't think Benteke was that bad. I just think he was a bit quieter. He had a different yeah. job to do, you know? He didn't, he didn't have a poor game. I just thought for the kind of player that he is and what we see him doing in games, which is, you know, slowing down the game, speeding it up, having that tempo control. He couldn't, he couldn't do it, but that's because Liverpool are, are one yeah. of the best sides in the world. Like, there's not then, anything on him. A lot, I think there aren't many midfielders that can deal with Liverpool. That's you know? what I'm saying. So actually, his flexibility was the thing that gave space to Hoiberg to move. And I, I, I think it was a very mature performance from a very young and fresh-faced And defensively, player. he was fantastic as well. The that's two it. of them, the ground they were covering and the protection they were giving the three centre-backs was brilliant. I really wish I'd been there so I could see him off the, off camera, like where his movement was. Cause I, th- I feel it's one of those ones where the manager will be like, he he did the job for us today and actually stopped a lot of stuff by preempting the space. Uh, then the other three, can we do Sun last? Um, Kane obviously had to, uh, some just great. T- Kane was just doing what he does, doesn't he? In tight games, he's always it's always tricky with him in tight games because he he has a few moments of madness, but it's not. It's not his type of game, is it? That's why he always struggles in finals. He's like, it's just the moments, which is why that City performance was so good because he came deep and made those moments. But here, it, it wasn't. He wasn't like you wouldn't notice him like as the best player in the league on that day. But yeah, no I one mean, was that. I thought I thought he did well. Again, you've got to factor in he's playing up against the best centre back in the world. That's what like, I'm saying. I'm saying it, it just know, wasn't. He yeah. wasn't what he did against Man City because he didn't have the space. Um, but what what he did do when it did stick, I thought what I thought he was good at was winning free kicks, throw-ins, just keeping the ball for thirty seconds up the other end of the pitch when we were really under the cosh. And mm. the the one real opportunity he had placed Sessegnon in and we scored. And it was you know whilst he didn't get a goal and assist, that pass was was clinical wow. and perfect. Yeah, and like the fact it was him created that space because everyone thought he was going to shoot like yeah. everybody and he, he sort of shaped it and then that that's when Sessegnon's amazing run came in like totally dragged him and it it reminded me of a goal against Man United in the 6-1 where it got pulled back to Sun pulled it back to Kane and Man United were just all over the place you know just yeah. dragged they just didn't know uh what they were doing and I mean we need to talk about Man United at some point because <laughs> how funny is that well Unbelievable. Um, no, but Kane, Kane was quite Kulusevski. Again, I, I don't know what the running stats were. He played right wing and centre midfield. It was just he he was so so good. At, he didn't give Robertson any time on the ball. But then as soon as they switched play around the back, he was he was in as a third central midfielder. And I was just watching him thinking the level of discipline. Uh, his age to, and and just the fitness level to be able to do that because he was innocent and then they switched play back to Robertson he's back out pressing him and it was like he's basically just doing doggies for 90 minutes and I was like that's amazing and again the moments where he was in, involved with link up play bits, the bit of score on Robertson was brilliant where he just goes past and Robertson completely falls on his arse um, but I think that was a big moment for us as well Robertson going off and him not yeah. you know just not being on it um, was was really big for us. But I thought Kulisevsky, again, he did really, really well. And in those kind of games, when you've got Kane and Son, you almost need that third attacker to basically be willing to sacrifice himself and yeah, just yeah. really put a shift in to free Kane and Son up a little bit more. And 
It was another really great look. Honestly, I think Kulisevsky is such a good player. He's, he's one of I my favourite players. I can't believe he has No, no, no. I mean, one of my notes here is that Diaz, I mean, what a player he is. He's, he's going to be one of the best in the league. He's one of them that he gets the ball in the half turn and as soon as you see him running at your defence, you think we're, we're, we've had it here. He yeah. is so quick. And yeah, the acceleration yeah. is like, I think he's at maximum speed within two strides. Yeah, it's, it's like, scary, isn't it? it is, the, honestly, that the Liverpool front five that they've got is just, that is as good as anyone. It really is. The fact that that was it, Diaz, Mane, Jota, Firmino and Salah. And they also have a Rigi. Do you know what I mean? It's a sixth one. Like, that is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but no, Diaz, Diaz is some player. I almost feel like, Liverpool getting Diaz and us getting Kulusevski, like those signings just seem to work at those clubs. Like if it had been yeah. the other way round, I don't know. It wouldn't know have worked as much, work. would it? No, because yeah. it it feels like Diaz would have taken up space. It would, he's he's more regimented. You need to be a bit more flexible to fit in our style. And obviously, he he's got that luxury at Liverpool where he can just stay where he is. Whereas with us, he would have to be a bit more disciplined. With Kulusevski, it's just perfect for us. I I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. Um, now, Sun, I mean. Son is goals now for Son. He he could get the golden boot. Like genuinely, he could. He's two behind Salah, and Liverpool have got the Champions League final. You know they've got the FA Cup final as well. So it's like the the chances are that Salah will probably miss one of their remaining league games. So like if Son was able to get three in the next three, I think he'll get. I could see Salah not scoring just because he's probably not going to play that much. Son could get it. That would be amazing. Mate, this 2022, he's scored more and been involved in more goals. Unbelievable. Uh, what was the other one? Um, also, going back to something we were speaking about last year, since the start of 2021, there's been 152 players who have attempted 100-plus shots, non-penalty shots in Europe's top five leagues. Only two players have got a conversion rate above 25%, and that's Haaland and Son. He's the most accurate player. He's become clinical, like he really has. And I know, like for a long time, we used to speak about Sunday, and I always used to say that he was the player that used to frustrate me the most because we know there's a better player in there. Um, I'd love to know, like, did something change? Because he just sort of like he just all of a sudden he come back. Was it when we had? It was probably it was probably the Jose reign, wasn't it? When he really become that absolute click, or maybe he started doing it towards the end of Pochettino. I can't remember. Yeah. Because he I almost left, when it was. right? He was having a really tough time and he almost left. And then suddenly he was given a bit more freedom. And he's had loads of managers of us, right? So he's been through it a bit. Um, but I just love to know, like, did he start as as his diet changed? Has he been doing different training? You know, like, I just love to know, has something changed in the way he approaches games? Or is it just a case of it's just all clicked now? And like, the difference with him is, is that him or Kane, when either of them go through, I just think back of the net. Whereas with Son, I, a few seasons ago, I was a little bit like, oh, like you're not. But now I just think it's a goal. But like, I don't even think twice about it. I, I think he's like, he'll be 30 this this year in a couple of months. I think he, we've had his best years by a long yeah. way. And I just think but he, he doesn't he doesn't look like he's going to slow down either at any point, does he? He's unbelievable. He's one of the best players I've ever seen the Spurs. Like I, I just, I, I love him. I thought that Fabinho elbowing him was a disgrace. And I know you've got to have a midfield shit in there to do this sort of stuff, but he should have gone. He should have been a straight red. Mate, it's an, it's a purposeful elbow to the face. 
you think it was purposeful? I thought it was one of them that I think in slow motion, I think it look it looks bad when you when you look at full speed, it looks a bit like a coming together more than I don't I don't I don't watch that and think he's deliberately gone, I'm gonna elbow him in the in the fact like I'm I'm not sure. I think a yellow just because it's happened would have been fair. I, I just you get a lot of that in games, don't you? And, and as well, like Fabinho's pretty big as was he like six three? So it's like he's a yeah. bit, he's quite gangly as well, isn't he? So it's like naturally, he's, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't think that there was much in it. I just thought it was a unfortunate coming together, which happens in games. But if he if he had have been booked for it, fair. But I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult. I just I don't look at that and think the intent's there. Or that, that I wasn't well, sure. When you're coming together, you're either putting your hand on them or you're bringing your shoulder around. He pushes his elbow. It's an unnatural position for his elbow to be in. And he's looking and he does it on purpose. It, it's a discreet. Like he could have broken his jaw. I really. Yeah. This is this is what's so hard, isn't it, for referees? Because it's like we're both Spurs fans and. and we, we disagree on it and it's it's just I think the intent thing is so difficult isn't it because we just don't know mate I just hope him and Casemiro who are both shit just just knock oh, each other out in the final isn't he? he's horrendous the only the only other person you'd want was would be like a Nigel de Jong do you remember him do you remember that karate kick oh, in the cup final when it was just like what 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 a thing to be remembered for <laughs> um the son well Kate uh, son has got where is it Oh no, sorry, it's Kane uh, and Kulusevski have got the sixth most assists in the Premier League this season. Kulusevski has got the, he's got eight assists, same as Jesus, same as Jared Brown, uh, one behind Mountain Pogba. Unbelievable. Bonkers, isn't it? I mean, just that, it's just that kind of player is what we've really lacked, just somebody that can get you numbers. We've just really, really lacked that. We've just had Kane and Son, and whenever one of them's injured slightly off their game, whatever it's hot it's always been really difficult for us but now you look at it and you think Kulusevski is one that can produce a goal create something from nothing yeah um if it wasn't for Kulusevski some wouldn't have scored that well did against Leicester you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pass that he gets an assist for yeah yeah, um, yeah. brilliant but now all in all is a cracking pause and even the even the players that come off the bench like Bergwijn come on didn't he with about seven or eight minutes to go he had an opportunity didn't he but it's just just, just Van Dyke, isn't it but even in that moment, even in that moment, no, I just thought Bergwijn just hit it. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just, just hit it and just, just you get a deflection. But anyway, on, on another day, we could have come away with three points. But it's nice knowing that we've dented their, well, all but ended their title challenge well, bar City collapse. I did see a great stat. I'm I'm off Reddit and Twitter for the month, but I did dive in quickly to get some stats. So Tottenham are responsible for 25% of the points dropped by Man City in Liverpool this season, which... <laughs> it's really funny. We haven't lost to them in four games, City and Liverpool. Two wins, two draws. Yeah. Like, how? How does that happen? Well, the bigger question is, how did we lose to that Man United team? And I know Ronaldo turned up, but how did we lose to that Man United team? Because they are dreadful. It was Ronaldo. It was Ronaldo. It was even the same in the home game when we had Nuno, wasn't it? He scored that volley. Yeah. Varney up, and it was just like, oh, trust us to have been on the end of Ronaldo when he was absolutely on fire but I'd, I also couldn't believe how many goals he scored in the league Ronaldo we, I thought he was on like 10 he's like he's on like 18 yeah it's ridiculous isn't it he just scores goals I'm but... just like I don't even really remember him scoring that many but to have for him to have banged in that many goals in that United team <laughs> again yeah. 
fair play to him. But right. United, just quickly, 4-0 at Brighton. Like, we grew up in the Ferguson era, right? That was all I knew of Man United. And that would never have happened. That would never, regardless of how which team it was, obviously it would never happen in like the Keane era. But it, Ferguson just would not have let that happen because he know because all those players would know that if they went in at 90 minutes, losing 2-0 away at Brighton, that they would be killed, you know? And they just didn't have that mentality where allowing a team like Brighton to beat them 4-0. It's not even like they were all worldies and they squeezed in. They were just good team goals. And Man United wouldn't allow that. I just Did you hear Trossard's comments on the radio after the no. game? And he was saying that they were all in the changing room afterwards, like a bit like felt a bit weird, Brighton, because they were like it was really easy to score. <laughs> and I'm like, and, like Brighton are saying that to you, you know, like um I know Grandpa's a good manager and you know, like the the way that he tactically um goes about big games and all that, you do have to say he seems to know what he's doing there. But United just, I mean, Ten Hag going in there, I just can't see how United get any better next season. Like, there's this, I do think a lot of them are like, oh, Ten Hag's coming in, we'll have a rebuild. It's like, but you need like seven or eight players in your first team. It's not even like there's two or three need, they need to pad the squad. That like, How many United players, even the, like in their whole squad, how many of them would you have at Spurs? Well, I'm just, I'm just going to put up the team now. And I'm like, going to say, like, where is it? Uh, barely any is there like there genuinely is barely any that you would line up so let me read them out so De Gea I mean he's getting old I wouldn't swap him for just for the sake of argument wouldn't yeah, swap him for, for the, the sake now. of it you wouldn't swap yeah Dalot like my Man United mate hates him Lindelof Varane you might take Varane not on performance now but based on what he has done Tellez no McTominay Matic no Elanga Mata Bruno Fernandes Bruno Fernandes of last year maybe but he's done not much this season and Ronaldo you know what you're getting with him. It's a disgrace. It's a it's a disgrace. And then Jones, Maguire, Lingard, Fred, Cavani, Henderson, Wambasaka, Fernandez, Ferreira. Wouldn't take any of them. It's it, bad, isn't it? It's, and like, and they're like they're losing. Cavani's going on a three. Lingard's going. Matic is going. Pogba's going. Rashford like, doesn't want to be there. Rashford Matic. don't want to be. There's a lot of talk. Sam Ronaldo's good. So it's like not only have they got to rebuild, like they they could lose some. Like imagine if Ronaldo went. Oh, mate. Like, but what it means now is that everyone like it's going to ruin the transfer market for the rest of us because everyone's going to be connected with them and they're going to have money to spend. So I don't know. I don't know what the future. But like, is anyone going to want to go there? And I know you said like me and you grew up in with the Ferguson era. So I think for us, United still has that that wow factor and that pull. But anybody that's like 25 and under, which are the type of players that everyone's going for, United's not a place where you want to go. Like no, it's, just not. it's and it's it's not even like oh we're just a bit behind where we should be they're they're a long way behind. I reckon we'll see a lot of ex like Ajax players go there just because Ten Hag will bring in a few of them and he'll just have to rebuild. I think Poch is the perfect man for that. I can't like, believe they didn't try and get him. Cannot go believe in. it. Well, maybe they did, but just like go in, gut the team, give it a bit of an identity because at the moment it just feels like it's purely a commercial enterprise it's just there to make money I, I do think that the current state of Man U is very similar scenario to when he took over at Spurs but just everything's a bit better there than what it was at Spurs but it's like yeah. it's a it's a poor squad it's an aging squad yeah. you've got to work within your means and you've got owners who don't want to invest that much in the playing side of stuff so you're going to have to go and buy young players and and coach players to become better 
we had all of that at Spurs at the time when he joined. All of the same stuff that he's, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, that Ten Hag's walking into. Um, it's a tough job for anyone. Wait, but but United, are, United are the worst we've ever seen them. So it's like, yeah. whilst it's a really tough job, the expectation of a Man United manager now has never been this low. So, Well, well yeah, but that, that's the difference is, even though they're low, way higher than us at Spurs, like Man United expect to be winning things and their greatest rivals, the two of them are now the best teams in the world. So it's it's just, I reckon Ten Hag is going to get a hair transplant, then lose his hair. He's going to do a Conte and get his hair and then it's all going to fall out. It'd but be said, interesting to see though, like if in like end of November, they're like 12th United. Do you know what I mean? Like how patient will they be with Ten Hag on a rebuild? Like because they've obviously for so long that you know what I mean it's but even when they had Mourinho even when they had Van Howe like they were still there or thereabouts and like, they'd have a cup run but they Mate. just looked so far even from that that you just like I'd just be very intrigued to see what happens there. Mate Ten Hag is going to be there he's going to be there for a year at least they cannot they cannot not keep him they they have to they have to but you said they, they they're not willing to spend like I've got this thing from the sun which is the net spend, so it takes how much you spend on yeah, transfers. Yeah, I, I know they're still right up there, but there's been a lot of stuff recently, haven't there, with their owners like actually taking money out the club. There is, like there is that. that. But and the, and this thing is always misleading because like we're fifteenth in terms of our net spend over the last five seasons is just over a hundred. It's hundred and six. Was Liverpool are one above us in fourteenth and one hundred and seven? But what you've got with Liverpool, there was one hundred and forty-two million pound back from the sale of Coutinho, which bankrolled them for. I don't know, like a couple of seasons, whereas we haven't had any big sales in that time. Like, yeah. like Watford are above us, Villa, Bournemouth, Wolves, Brighton. Villa have spent a lot of money, Villa. Yeah, yeah, and they like they are lucky to be where they are. I'm quite happy Everton are out. I hope Leeds go down. Um, I don't. I'm not happy for Lampard's, but I'm like I. We look We've both always had a spot and we forever. Yeah, but it's surprising. Like a few of my mates just. I hate them, just want to see them go down. I never really understood it. It just seems like there's so many other teams I'd rather see go down. I just think it's like when you get a shock team get dragged into it. It's like it was like back in the day before they had the Saudi owners like Newcastle. Do you remember when they went down? It was like oh, you just wanted them to go down. I don't quite know what it was, but you just yeah. did. Um, but the next the net, net spend stuff and cost of squad. Did you see the statistic about Luton Town? No. Oh, I, I mean, I saw. I didn't see. What is it? So Luton are in the playoffs, championship playoffs, right? Yeah, so Luton yeah. Town could be a Premier League team next season. The entrance to the away end at Luton Town is through somebody's back garden. Like this is, like this is the level of club. Do you know what I mean? That could be in the Premier League next season. And they were doing a thing about the cost of championship squads. And Fulham have come up as champion. Their their um squad costs about 140, 150 million. And then it was like, next was Bournemouth at like 120. Like Nottingham Forest was only like 65, 70, I think. But a lot of them, it was sort of like around about 80, 85. Luton's was just over a million pound. I saw that. The whole squad. The it's whole crazy, squad. Isn't it? I just And they could be in the Premier League next season. And like, they will, like their um, Kenilworth Road, their ground will be the smallest ground that's ever been in the Premier League. Bournemouth, is eleven thousand seven hundred, but um, Kettleworth Road is ten thousand. That is, I mean, that is small, you know, ten thousand people. And I'll definitely be cheering them on in terms of a promotion because it like that's what it's all about on it. And the job that their owners, managers, players, everyone at that club has done this season because they've had a lot of promotions. 
Yeah, yeah. They? Like, they've just seemed to be bouncing up the leagues near enough every season. The fact they could be in the Prem is just absolutely crazy. Are you excited about who's coming up from the Championship so far? Um, Fulham, so guaran- Fulham and Bournemouth are guaranteed promotion now. Fulham is always a good away game, but you can and never get a ticket. Um, but going to Craven Road is fantastic. And it is uh, usually six points. I know yeah, they scored a ton of goals, but it is usually six points. Um, and Bournemouth, or Scott Parker in it at Bournemouth, so I was quite happy for him there. He's proven himself to be um, quite a good coach because he got Fulham up, didn't he? And then granted yeah. took him down and he's just got Bournemouth up. So it's like, seems to be doing quite a job. But it's good for both of them. It's but a club like Bournemouth, it's impressive they bounce straight back up because I think I do yeah. think people forget about the size of them. Um, but it's just, just a bit boring, isn't it? Like, it's a bit boring. Like, know, I'm looking down. Like, uh, it's a shame because like I really want Luton to get up just because, you know, it's Luton. And I was really hoping that Nottingham Forest would. That's but, it. you know, but just because, you know, such a big side. But it can only be one of them. It could be neither. Who, el- who else in the playoff? It's Huddersfield. Huddersfield and Sheffield United. Sheffield United. So, you know, it, 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 oh, we've just had a Huddersfield not too long ago in the Prem as well. You I'm know? just looking down the list. Like, you've got West Brom in 10th, QPR in 11th. Stoke in 14th, Swansea 15th, Blackpool 16th, Cardiff in 18th, Hull in 19th, Reading 21st. It doesn't feel like long since these were all here, but actually the ones being promoted outside of Fulham and Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Forest, Luton, they haven't been in the Prem for a long time. Yeah, I mean, really... Forest, when was the last time Forest were in the top flight? That oh, is... This is where we need to start out. That is a long, long time, isn't it? They've been a championship side for a, a, a number, and they've always sort of flirted with getting in and around the playoffs but is it Steve Cooper that's their manager there he was he was at Swansea and he's gone in at Forest yeah, and they've just gone right. on an absolutely unbelievable run because I think I think when he went in at, at Notts Forest they were worried about going down mm. uh, Nottingham just, Forest you can't call him Notts Forest um, Notts County is separate to Nottingham Forest um, but fair play to what he's done there as well yeah yeah but I'll be you know to, a, a Nottingham Forest Luton Town final. I think that can happen, can't it? Mm-hmm. The league that would be what that'd be amazing, would. wouldn't it? I'd love to go to that. Uh, back onto that net spend of the Premier League. Arsenal third. They've spent loads of money. People forget how much money they sold. They also haven't sold because a lot of players have gone for free or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so I'm, I might as well talk about that. Can we talk about it quickly? I just it will be. I oh, it's going to be so tense, isn't it? What an atmosphere it's going to be, though. It is. It's the biggest North London derby probably ever in the Premier League. I know they would say that it was bigger when they come and won it, at, won it at our ground. But this has got so much riding on it for both teams. Whereas that back then, we when we used to play Arsenal, like we would just play them for pride and you try and not get beat. And like that was the small club mentality we had. It was like if we could draw home to them, what, like we'd celebrate that yeah, like yeah. a win. And I can't remember too many games ever, really, where league positioning, there's actually been something genuinely riding on that game. There's been moments where I think when we first finished above them for ages, we beat them and that mathematically meant we stayed above them. But again, they were they were really bad that season, didn't have much to play for. But it's going to it's going to be a tough game. There's a lot of Spurs fans that just assuming we're going to win on Thursday. And it's like, that makes me nervous. We haven't lost at home to them in the league, correct me if I'm wrong, since Sherwood. No. 
So it's a long time and we don't win at their place. They don't win at ours. At some point, that's got to change. Um, I do fancy us. I really, really do fancy us Thursday, but I don't think it's going to be there's some fans saying, oh, with the atmosphere, we're going to steamroll them. There's no way that's going to happen. It's going to be nervy. I could see it being one nil and it just being like Kane or Sun and just a moment and we score. But they're going to give nothing away. They're going to come. They're going to sit in. They're going to play us on the break. And it's going to be a really, really, it's going to be probably the worst North London derby in terms of, you know, that feeling when you play Arsenal where you just can never enjoy it and you're just yeah. constantly anxious and nervous. It's going to, you know, it's going to be that on a whole other scale. But I do think, we, I do think we're going to beat them, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. It wouldn't shock me if it was a draw. Um, yeah. We have to, don't we? We have to win. Like We don't have a choice. We have to win and then we'll be one point behind them with two games left. And there, I mean, everybody knows this. Their fixtures are... Newcastle and Everton. Yeah, and Everton might be safe. The only thing is that the only difference, ASD, is if we beat them Thursday, we're a point behind them. We play Burnley on Sunday. So if we then beat Burnley, we go two in front of them. Their game away to Newcastle's Monday night. So they would go into that Monday night game knowing they have to win. Yeah, they yeah. have to. Even a, like a draw's not. They have to win. So that's the only scenario, you know, where you could maybe see them slipping up. Maybe. Um, I personally think we're going to run out of games. I think we're going to beat them Thursday and then they're going to win at Newcastle and beat Everton. And we're going to just come up short. I, I am placing more hope in the Everton game. But I'm also, I think we'll beat them. Um, I think Burnley won't be easy at all. I can see us no. drawing against Burnley. Like I really can. And I can that would be I, the worst thing. The worst thing in the world would be to not get fourth because we've dropped points now. Do you know what I mean? Like, could you imagine what that would be? Imagine beating them Thursday and, and, and being one point behind them and then drawing with Burnley. And then yeah, like yeah. they then go and drop points. And you just it would be horrendous to do it that like that. That would be awful. I, I could really can see that happening. Newcastle, I mean, they are comfortably mid-table. They're not going down. They just want the end of the season now and just refresh I can just see that them smashing them but Everton I'm placing more hope in Everton like rejuvenated they're still not out of it they almost are there but they're still not out of it so that I'm placing more hope in that maybe but. maybe I, I, I honestly I do think that that new if we we've got to win our games first I think that Newcastle game is so that is the one I just I think if Arsenal go into that last game now and they've got to beat Everton at home beat us for fourth I think I just couldn't see them not winning that but you never football's one of those you one never of those know, bad things. But, I was just looking at I was just gonna say it's a slightly maybe unpopular opinion with it of course I really really want us to get fourth it would be amazing to play Champions League I know exactly what you're gonna say I don't think it changes much if we get fifth or if we get fourth I think that con like, it's not gonna change it's not gonna change Conte going I think if we end up getting fifth we we're still going to go and sign players. We've got European football. We, I actually think we'll probably have more of a run at the Europa League under Conte than what we've ever done before. Um, and I st- so I don't think it's going to change huge amounts. I think we've, you've got a top six in the Premier League now, right? It was always a top one. Breaking in always just seemed impossible. And then we did it and we were in there for a little bit and it was incredible. But it, was, it always seemed really, really difficult to get that fourth spot. Whereas now I think you've got six sides... Chelsea aren't going to be as strong next year. Man United, like, I think if we get fifth this year, 
we could get fourth next year. I think if we get fourth this year, we could get fifth next year. I think it, there's now going to be a lot more rotation of those six sides. And one year you might not have Champions League, then you do have it for two, and then you don't. I just think there's a lot more of that now. Whereas before it was always like no one would ever drop out of that top four. But I think now it's actually a lot. It's not easy to get in it, but I think it's easier to get in there now than what it ever has been before. So if we don't get it, I don't think it's the absolute end of the world for us. Um, and there's the Europa, and I think the Europa League will be something next year that we will actually take seriously under Conte. I totally agree because like it's. I was thinking the exact same thing. Obviously, I'd love to be in the Champions League. We're not going to get to the final, all of that, but. We need if I, I I still feel if we're going to be in the Champions League, we need to be in a position where we could say we could legitimately win the Europa League. But we need to go out and do that. And it's it's no God given right. You've seen that the level of the um, sides in it. We we are capable of beating any of those sides on our day. And we need to go out and do something. We need to go out and win. We need to go out and be serious about something. And I'd love to be in the Champions League. But I mean, you've still got to go through a qualification round anyway. But. I, I I'm with you. You don't it's anymore, just, though, do you? You don't. You don't have you to do that anymore. No. All right, I'm wrong. Then. And then, but the oh, what an idiot. Um, but it's just that get through, you know, the quarter bag games, and then get once you get to the knockouts, when you play in Sevilla or Roma or play or Wrexham, you know, the big teams. That would be that's when it gets interesting. I was just having a look at my um, what quickly? What what do you think is going to happen? What's your prediction? I think that we will beat Arsenal on Thursday. Yeah. We will beat Burnley on Sunday. Yeah. Arsenal will win at Newcastle. It'll go to the last day and we'll win at Norwich and they'll beat Everton. So I think that it they'll be fourth and we'll be fifth. And it will be was that two points different? Yeah. Or one point or one whatever. Point I, think different. Just I think we we if there were two more games left after Norwich, then I'd give us more of a chance. I just think we're gonna run out of games. I think we'll beat Arsenal. And I do think it'll be more comfortable than we think. And then I I think they'll win all their remaining games. I do think we'll struggle against Burnley just because they will just play for that point and we are awful against teams like that. Yeah. Um I was just looking at my uh, first ever North London derby. I was at I was in East Lowe in block thirty. Um just taking whatever ticket I could get. For this ticket actually, I was in a meeting and I angled my computer so I could Cut see see the waiting screen uh the the ticket screen and then when i saw that i had like the five minutes i excused myself from that meeting which i was leading went out bought my tickets and then jumped back in but uh 20th of april 2011 it was 3-3 three, three. do you remember this so our team was gomez but yeah yeah i'm sure um how old were you then 2011 is that 11 years 11 years ago yeah 17 oh my god so like that was gomez bale but bale was a fullback i think no he wasn't bale was an attacker because lennon came on and we had galas dawson chorluka asricotto huddleston van der vaart modric and pav one two three four five six seven eight nine and crouch up front and we had van der vaart van der vaart huddleston was that the one one of them was a penalty wasn't it so um, yeah, so it was, we, were, we were losing three to a half time. We, they scored early. I think Walcott scored after about three or four minutes. That's it. Nasri and Van Persie also scored. And then, um, so it was one nil. Van der Vaart scored, I'm going to say, eight or ninth minute in that game. And that was the goal where he smashes it in near post and shushes. My favourite celebration of all. 
amazing. Um, that, and they went 2-1, 3-1. They, that first half, they battered us, Arsenal. They mm. absolutely killed us. Tom Huddleston had a stinker and mm. scored one of the sweetest half follies. Yeah, it flies Left above foot. the surface of the it, pitch. It was a he? daisy cutter, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, just above. It was an unbelievable, um, unbelievable strike. Um, and then yeah, we got a penalty in the second half and ended three. It was a it was a classic derby. It was a brilliant game. The other draw, I just I know I know we, we should move on, but the other draw was in 2016, 2-2 draw, and I've got. Alderweireld and Kane scoring. That's the mask one, isn't it? But the Alderweireld header, didn't he give away a penalty or didn't he, he let whoever scored for them in? Oh, I can't remember. The Kane mask goal, that was 2 all, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Hugo, I... made, Hugo let in a stinker, Sanchez at Sanchez 2-2. That's it. It killed me. And that's why that, that goal has been sort of, it's a bit dirtier than the header because the header... I mean, I went mental for that. That was the previous North London derby at home. I, I went absolutely mental for that. Um, so can I talk about what I did yesterday? Go for it. It sounded like an amazing day. Ah, yeah. So I went to the stadium to see with my five-year-old to see Tottenham Hotspur women versus Leicester City women. Uh, absolutely brilliant day out. Good value for money. I think I paid like 12 quid total for the tickets. And they were like, get there early. Well, doors open at 10.30. Um, and it was a brilliant family atmosphere. Like there were, it's going to sound a little bit silly, but there were magicians, there was face painters, there was music, like musicians everywhere. They were doing beatboxing and skills. There was stuff outside. They gave us free flags, like just brilliant atmosphere, like really nice. My five-year-old absolutely loved it. And I got to sit next to Stato and his whole family. That was really lovely as well. Game was great. We won 1-0. Ashley Neville scored 49 minutes. Brilliant assist from Jessica Naz. Um, Leicester were pretty poor. We didn't have much. We did make most of our chances, but cemented our fifth place finish in the league as well. So just a cracking day out. It was a lovely day. I really missed that walk up from Seven Sisters. So if you haven't been like... Um, I always go on the Victoria line up to Seven Sisters and then it's a good like mile walk or whatever it is. I think it's more than a mile, but it's a 20 minute walk up Tottenham High Road. And I love that walk like so deeply. There's, I've got like I've done that walk hundreds, literally hundreds of times. And you go for all the different areas. Like when you start off, it's like West African, amazing material shops and you, uh, phone shops and the supermarkets, past the police station. You get to East Africa. Uh, there's a lot of there's a mosque and a few other things. And you get into the Turkish area. There's a Greek area, a little Italian area. And then you see this ground. And the, it's just I love it Like because it doesn't feel like you're on your way to a football ground. And then suddenly you're just there. You're just walking down this mad high street. Um, so I really enjoyed that. There's some great performances. I thought I think is it Ayan? Uh, I think I know Rosella Ayan. Sort of winger on 23. Number 23 was brilliant. Williams at number 10, I think, was really, really good too. So it was just good. It was just a great day. I'll be going to more games next year. It's just, I think it's brilliant with that, that it's a family day out. And I always felt this with the women's team, that you feel really close to the team. Like You can actually interact with the players and you don't feel as detached as maybe you do from from the men's team. But it's brilliant to see all the stuff on social media as well, like the pictures uh, and everything that was going on. And also great that you see a 1-0 win as well. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I've yeah, I've, I've seen a one 0 win and a one one draw. Now I'll be going to more next season. So come on it's down. It's cheap as well. It's affordable for people as well as a family. Yeah, like, yeah, it's well affordable. I can't really afford games now. Like cost of living so high 
and I got kids like you know nursery is twelve hundred pound a month for me now. It's just I can't afford to spend money on going to games like, on the train tickets and everything. It's just too much money. The food I had food, so uh, I let Zoe choose what she wanted, and she wanted the fish. Oh and yeah, chips. that old one, that old one. No, no, she chose. Well, you know, I don't eat meat, so it's it's probably bad <laughs> options at the stadium. And my God, it was dreadful. Like the chips were cold, undercooked. I had a deep fried tofu, like instead of the fish net that was actually pretty good but for the money i i i'm never buying the food there again it was yeah. it was dog awful um mate i've got a little quiz because we can't do a oh, brilliant i thought so, we were gonna do maldini or maldini or rodan i was gonna win this week we be two in a row never talk about that ever again <laughs> um we uh i I'm just thinking Son is now like getting seriously to be my favourite player, one of my favourite players. And I, so I went back to his first game. Do you remember it at all? Um, Crystal Palace at home, 1-0 and he scored. No, 1-1 one, one against, 1-0 uh, against Sunderland away. It's the one where Ryan Mason had his injury. Uh. You know, that one. Um, there's a brilliant bit on the BBC article. It's called Son versus Barini. Which attacker came out on top? Because they're both new. Um amazing they didn't most of his deliveries were poor and he air kicked when he had the chance to score from six yards he came off in the 62nd minute um so yeah but uh can i i can give you their teams give you a bit of bit of context they have pantilimon jones o'shea kabul van arnholt and villa gomez garcia lens toy vernon brini and defoe at front so a few experts player in there we played a 4-2-3-1 it's pretty rough I'll tell you now, two player, three players who played yes, four players who played in that game are still playing for us now. Five players, bloody hell, played oh, yesterday or Saturday. Uh, it must have been Hugo in goal. Yep. And then left back Ben Davis. Yep. Right back. Did it been Carl Walker? It's Carl Walker. Yeah. Centre backs. Alderweireld and Vertonghen. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, central midfield. If you said, I think Eric Dyer was still playing in midfield at that point. He was. He was. Um, and if you, you said Ryan Mason, didn't you? Ryan so Mason, Dyer, yeah. Dyer and Mason. Then Sun, obviously off of one side. Delhi in the middle. Delhi in the middle. Kane up top. Yeah. And then right, would it have been Ericsson? No. Lamella. No, he was on the bench. I'm trying to think of what other players did we Nasser Chadley? Nasser Chadley indeed. So Mason got replaced by Carroll, Sun got replaced by Townsend, Delhi got replaced by Lamella. Um but Winks was on the bench, bloody hell, so he's still he's still there. That first eleven's not bad, but then you just there as you said the subs, that was a problem back then. Do you know what I mean? Subs. It's like as soon as one of those first eleven dropped, the subs were just not on it. Rose, Lamella, Vaughan, Trippier, Townsend, Carol, Winks. Like, yeah, fullbacks, Trippier and Rose were right. Lamella, come on, snap, snap you about a bit. But, yeah. I mean, they had on the bench Catamol, Larson, Rodwell, Waters, Manoni, and what more. Like, Rodwell used to be a good player. Is he still there? No, Rodwell, the last time I saw him was playing in Australia. Very Jack good Western Sydney Wanderers as a centre-back or defensive midfielder. He was at Sunderland, wouldn't he, when they went down and down and but refused to leave. Refused to leave and he was still on his Premier League contract, wasn't he? And then didn't he go to Blackburn and then maybe... Show, then he come back to the Very Premier League United, didn't he? 
Good, I, yeah. I don't even know if he played at Sheffield United. And then Your knowledge is scary sometimes. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if I like had this knowledge anywhere else, I'd, I'd be worth a fortune. But there's just not, there's not a market for someone that knows Jack Robwell's career path, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're out there and you're listening and you, you do want to know more about Jack Robwell, let me <laughs> Go know. On Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Spin-off podcast, the Jack Robwell yeah. podcast. <laughs> Oh, God. But a big it. week ahead, though, mate, eh? Big week. Oh, this is it. Week. This is it. We didn't, in the derby, we didn't talk about what would be horrendous is, it, is that if they beat us, it's all over. We didn't even touch upon that. I'm not even going to entertain. No, it's no. not. No, it's not. Because they're a point ahead. No, it was going to be all over if the, if we lost to Liverpool. But there'll be a point ahead, so there'll be four points ahead. We've still got, there's still six it's points in over. it. It's all over. It's all over. It's all over. Not literally. It's but... all over. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Thursday night is going to be one to remember, hopefully for the good. Um, but until then, whatever does happen, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.